It tends to be a touchstone for me. Christmas represents a little stutter in the march of days, a hush in which we have the chance to assess and retrospect our lives. I tend to think also that it just informs as a backdrop. The first time I noticed it was Three Days of the Condor, the Sidney Pollock film, where Christmas in the background adds this really odd, chilling counterpoint to the espionage plot. I also think that Christmas is just a thing of beauty, especially as it applies to th places like Los Angeles, where it's not so obvious, and you have to dig for it like little nuggets. One night on Christmas Eve, I walked past a Mexican lunch wagon ser serving tacos, and I saw this little string, and on it was a little broken plastic figurine, and a light bulb inside it of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> and I thought, that's just a little hidden piece of magic. <laughs> you know, all around the city are little slices, little icons of Christmas, that are just as effective and beautiful in and of themselves as any 40-foot Christmas tree on the lawn of the White House. So that, in a lot of words, is the answer. That was Shane Black explaining why the hell he sets most of his movies in Christmas. Uh, I should say up front, we mentioned last episode, as Anthony reminded us, that Shane Black uh, has a pedophile friend who he put in his movie. So um, I would say Shane Black's a little partially canceled at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's still a very fascinating phenomenon, especially when we talk about uh, Die Hard all the time and how Die Hard's a Christmas movie and so-and-so. Um so as you can gather, this is AP Marvel's Christmas episode, episode 30. I'm Chris Compendio, and I am popping a Hall's Vitamin C uh, cough drop in my mouth right now, because I'm still sick. Uh, joining me is Izzy Show. Hello, Izzy. Hi, my connection's been shitty literally every time I've called uh, this month, so get prepared for that. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe you can ask for Santa for a better connection. Um, Anthony Payone is here, feeling great today, as am I. As am I. Uh, my head is pounding. <laughs> the nights, the nights grow long, and, oh my God. and every day is pain. Um, Happy holidays. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, Aaron Beasley is back. Hello, yeah, Aaron. hello. I have neither a headache nor bad internet connection, so I'm doing pretty well right now. Aaron is invincible! <laughs> we must all bow down to her and her superiority. Uh, and we have a fifth person here today. We have uh, Layla Berger. Uh, for the first time, I believe you are, have newly, you are newly minted teacher of the Marvel Stuco class that we have been talking about uh, throughout this podcast. Hello, Layla. Hello, it's nice to be here. And uh, tell us, uh, so you go to CMU, but uh, what do you study? What are things that you like? Favorite Marvel movie? Whatever you want to share with the good people listening. Okay, um, I'm a creative writing and ethics, history, and public policy major. So I have four majors, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, I love Marvel. <laughs> what? Fan. What's Marvel? <laughs> yeah, Marvel. Um, you know, have you heard of it? Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, like uh, Winter Soldier, The Avengers, Thor Ragnarok, yeah, Hawkeye Defender. <laughs> X-Men, is that Marvel? Uh, yeah, it's owned by Marvel. What about that mm. Justice League, is that Marvel? Oh no, um, sounds like my mom. Yeah, mm, <laughs> I bet you can't even name five Marvels. I've, I have smoked at least one Marvel in my life. Hellboy, is that Marvel? <laughs> what was that new thing? That was that Ron Perlman I saw today. I mean, that tra that trailer was marvelous. That's the Ron Perlman guy. 
from that uh from that Stranger Places. <laughs> Stranger Places, yeah. Wait, is he in Stranger Things? Yeah, it, it, David Harbour is in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's he's the guy. He's the big guy he's in the, Stranger he's Things. The cop. Oh yeah, he's he's Mr. Stranger. <laughs> he's Mr. Yes, Stranger. Mr. Stranger. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and scene, yeah, that was our um, that was our reenactment of Christmas dinner, uh, trying to talk about pop culture with our family, <laughs> and they don't know what's going on. Speaking of pop culture, not knowing what's going on, uh, Daredevil. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> yes, Daredevil is dead. So it was, yeah, we had a um, we had a Daredevil or uh, no, not an RIP episode because. Uh, it was just our season three hot take episode. We had Thomas and Sabrina on that episode, and I was running late editing the um the episode, so I was able to get it out Thursday night, like late Thursday night, whereas I usually get it in the morning. And I remember waking up from an unfortunately timed nap. I think it was nine p.m. And I saw Adam Barnhart from uh, Marvel News Desk tweet about a variety. I think it was a variety story. Where Daredevil got fucking cancelled. And I was like, whoops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, I guess I should release this episode now. <laughs> and uh, if you listen back to that episode, I had a little... Uh, yeah, this is awkward, like, little message at the beginning. Um, that was also the same day I had a little piece about Daredevil Season 3 come out. And showrunner Eric Olison was kind enough to tweet out that story. I was very happy that he he, he called me Mister Compendio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, you're famous, Chris. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because he did not immediately tweet about the cancellation. So since his tweet about my piece was the last thing that he tweeted, that became like an unofficial like morning grounds for <laughs> Daredevil's cancellation. Um, we're, we're breaking ground here at AB Marvel. We are yeah. we are transcending uh, shit. Uh, yeah, we imagine. are accidentally. We were like Forrest Gump and like accidentally showing up in historical. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I you know I think this was per Izzy's suggestion, but we didn't really give a proper eulogy to Daredevil as we did for Iron Man. Uh, no, not Iron Man. Iron Fist <laughs> and Luke Cage. Um. And, uh, so, Izzy, did you have any, I don't think you finished season three, but did you have any thoughts, emotions, feelings you wanted to share about the unfortunate passing of Netflix's Matt Murdock? Yeah, like, like, as Chris said, I didn't finish the season because I'm an awful person, but it definitely feels like, yeah, also that, like, definitely feels like, I think Charlie Cox said it really well in a quote for some, I think, I saw an Entertainment Weekly, but he said that he thought it was too big to fail, and I had the exact same thought, because I think Daredevil changed so much of superhero television. Like, I think you put its first season up there as, like, one of the best TV seasons of superhero television, like, ever. And <clears throat> it just broke so much ground, and you really didn't think it would cancel because it paved all this weight. It almost... It almost feels like canceling Daredevil is, it almost feels like it's the equivalent of, like, capping off Iron Man, like, killing Iron Man and Iron Man 2, if that feels accurate. I'm not sure. But, like, I mean, I remember what I have watched the third season, like, I watched, like, the first few episodes, like, it was still really, really great. And, like, my friends, like, we went over to his house and, like, watched 
the first three episodes and then like just really talk about like what's led simmer afterwards and we were just really freaking excited and it it sucks that like it's canceled but like tv business is business and i think <coughs> like it sucks that like i also understand why i canceled it but it still really sucks and i hope that it makes its way back to um just i hope new kind of just makes its way back to marvel someday um any any thoughts and any favorite daredevil moment that isn't the hallway fight scene and then we'll move on to anthony's thoughts damn um you know i really liked learning about fisk's backstory i think if they like as, as an aside if they recast like charlie cox and vincent d'onfrio then they're stupid all right that's the stupidest decision they'll ever make but like Mm, I think yeah. just seeing I think remember seeing Fisk is the episode like that's centric on Fisk during the first season I think it's episode six I can't remember but I I was thinking that was my favorite episode of Daredevil like I remember it so clearly just like it's so fascinating just like really seeing Kingpin like sort of descend into who he was and just learning more about his backstory in such like a beautiful way like TV wise and so yeah um anthony yeah so um i probably will not be watching season three for a considerable period of time and i'll explain why um okay but it has to do with more of a personal uh reason of like kind of cringe levelness for me um i don't necessarily like to watch media that i i don't know if i mentioned this on previous episodes or uh even to you guys but i don't like watching content where the main character that we've already been watching uh, is being framed for something that we, the viewer, know they shouldn't be framed for. And people that we also like in the show think that they're being shitty. I don't necessarily like that type of uh, sh- like uh, plot writing. Uh, it's not that it's bad. It's just that I don't like it because it just makes me feel uncomfortable. Um so, yeah, um, and I don't like any time a really shitty person gets the upper hand by doing that, um, i.e. Fisk. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I thought Daredevil was, as a whole, was an amazing show. I thought it broke a lot of cool ground, covered a lot of really interesting comp- topics, and it um, made uh, made uh, like you know made superhero tv not just dark and depressing but also important to talk about like uh, not important to talk about like but like uh better like how to make superhero television have better writing i think that's a better way to say it um yeah um i have a lot of good scenes from that show um most of them from season one, um, and all and almost all of my favorite scenes are other. I mean, other than the hallway fight, um, is uh, the one-on-ones. There was a lot of one-on-one uh, conversations throughout the show that were really interesting to to watch unfold because you watch uh, both characters in the scene kind of either uncover something new about the other person or us, the viewer, uncover something else about the viewer. I mean, about the character. Um, 
so that was always nice so like a couple of scenes that remind me of that is when fisk is talking to the head reporter before he kills him then there's the scene with what's her name talking to um fisk's uh right hand man before Karen she page to wesley oh yes God. thank you yeah yes and that scene was uh that scene was awesome because it was like full of tension you don't know you didn't know what's gonna happen you didn't know if karen was gonna die because it was the first season so you don't know if like you you've already watched um the reporter die so you don't know what could happen with karen um and i thought that they played that scene really really well and everyone acting in that scene was great and i just thought it was awesome and then she killed him and it was like ah this was this was a great scene, uh, and it mirrored the the reporter one, which was cool. So, yeah, okay. Um, Aaron then Layla on Daredevil uh, eulogies, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I never watched season three for um, similar reasons, hmm. uh, just because oh. you know, like after I was gonna watch it, I guess in the back of my mind until it got canceled, and then I was like, I mean, is it worth it? But um, <laughs> to add on, I guess, to some of the stuff that Izzy said, uh, like as Daredevil is basically the MCU's Iron Man, I would say uh, that's mostly true, uh, especially compared, like it had an amazing first season, especially compared to, say, something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which does get better as it goes on, but its first season was uh, like notably lackluster. And uh, in addition, uh, as far as Kingpin's characterization goes, I think he was really well done in Daredevil Season 1. And um, he's also, uh, for like something we're going to talk about later, uh, really well done in um, Enter the Spider-Verse. If a little bit more less like emphasized, I think what they did give him was kind of uh, notable. Mm. And then... Uh, as far as my favorite scene goes, which sort of ties into this, I really like the, um, this is not a scene, but, like, the two episodes. They have an episode which sort of highlights Daredevil's past with, um, Stick, and then right after that, they have an episode that highlights Kingpin's past, and, um, I thought, like, both of those episodes, you know, they were very interesting, although, uh, the Stick one didn't really, unfortunately, pay off very well in the next season. Um, and then, uh, oh, right, Wesley, uh, by far the greatest thing, uh, in Daredevil season one, in my opinion, uh, I'm really upset they Mm -hmm. killed him off still. Uh, if there's one thing I want to see when they, if they bring back Daredevil on Disney plus, I just want it to be set in an alternate reality where Wesley is still alive. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's basically everything I have. Okay. It's very interesting because both of those episodes back to back that you brought up <laughs> were both uh father figures like covering father figures to an extent for both Matt and um Wilson <laughs> and what and how those paths kind of diverge and what and where they like basically come out of the those relationships. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, they emphasize so much that like I think they're so similar in some regard. They just have different methods, and those two episodes like really show that. And very good mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Daredevil quite a bit. I actually watched the entire third season, um, and if you liked Wesley, they come full circle with it in a really interesting way. Oh. Um, 
yeah, I, I recommend the third season. I know, but I think the one of my favorite things about the third season is um, it really, first of all, it kind of pretends like the second season didn't happen, which was great. <laughs> um, you can literally just go from the first to the third. They don't mention Punisher. I think they mention Electra once. Um, they are just, they don't, you don't need to know. Wow. But they, <laughs> they really pick up this thread that the first season had about like reporting and news and like, especially with modern political timeliness, the whole framing daredevil and misinformation. And especially there's like attacks on the press is like a recurring theme in the third season. I think it really added something. It like added, cause I think one of the best things about daredevil was it wasn't afraid to like go to like really heavy themes about like Catholicism and anger and like who do we become and all that kind of stuff and it really it really made a strong point about like how do we like how do we choose who we trust when do we trust the news when do we trust our friends when do we trust the authorities like like are our establishments really as secure as we believe them to be and it had like a lot of really good performances um I think one of the things Daredevil always had going for him was most of the characters, like, even if they're villains, you wanted to see more of them. Like, I think it would have been really easy for, like, Foggy to be really annoying or Karen to be just, like, a woman. But um, <laughs> they always, like, add brought something to the table to some degree that was, like, really strong. Um, I'm gonna, it was a good show. Like, the performances were great. In terms of favorite scenes, just any scene with Foggy and Matt, I felt like just like the actors and just the characters, they had like really good chemistry. And then when Karen came in, like she kind of fit really well into that. Like when Matt tells Foggy he's Daredevil, that scene is just like kind of heartbreaking because they're like just seeing two really close friends. Like one of them looks at him like he's a complete stranger. It's, it was always a really good show. And even when it was bad, I was, I still wasn't tired of watching it because there was still, I liked this character or I like this, the cinematography was always pretty strong. Um, when they like brought new things in, you could either have like lame ninjas or in the third season, you have like a really interesting portrayal of like a family man in this kind of crisis with the FBI agent Nadine. And it was, it was a good, it was a pioneering show. It was like the first Marvel thing I like showed my mom and she liked which doesn't happen. Wow. So it's got something there. I'm going to miss it. RIP Daredevil. <laughs> wow, that was a very, um, very Concise. respectful and good way to bury Mad Murdock here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, those were definitely themes we talked about on the show before. Like we had, we, we literally had a Catholicism episode and then <laughs> um, season, our season three episode talked about, yeah, the attacks on the press and all of the, political intrigue I, I literally titled the episode politics and punching um but yeah i mean it's it's so crazy to think about just how um how sudden it was and um now it makes jessica jones season three and punisher season two feel like kind of lame duck seasons where it must it must suck working on those productions now knowing that you're probably like gotta get canceled like right after you air your stuff um but yeah uh here here's me planning this episode in real time on the air but um i had a bunch of points about the tv shows but i think we're going to kind of condense that and talk about it just in one go because i think we want to talk about the movies a little more and the cultural impact that those had 
So, you know, we had um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, aired during 2018, and then it got renewed twice this year. Which is uh, For season six and season seven. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> I've right? never actually seen that. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, Cloak and Dagger, we had an episode about that with Sabrina. Um, and so you can listen to our thoughts there, but Cloak and Dagger is a show that I think we liked. Um... Runaway Season 2 will be out by the time this episode comes out, and I think I'm the only one here who has seen Runaway Season 2 because I had screeners for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this whole Netflix versus Disney Plus thing is just crazy to me. Um, the fact that um, we all assume that the Netflix shows would be safe because they have those pre-existing deals, but obviously something is going on in the background that we just don't know the details for. Um, and we're not a podcast to really talk about the nitty-gritty business stuff on that. And uh, But, you know, I think it would be a disservice to not even mention that at all. Um, so I'm wondering, um, given this new quote from some Disney executive saying, oh, we would be interested in seeing, um, in seeing the Netflix characters who got canceled come Disney Plus without, like, obviously giving a commitment because he's just, you know giving an interview he's just a guy um i mean yeah he he has a title but like he's not saying oh yeah we're definitely in talks with them but it's like it's more like oh yeah that would be cool to see um yeah so if anyone wants to jump in i'm wondering your thoughts on do you think we'll ever see these iterations of the characters again and you know a a, a side question would be how would you react if Marvel Studios rebooted those characters? Uh, if anyone wants to take that. I think that there's a one thing that I wish we could know was just the ratings for Daredevil Season 3. Because mm. with Netflix keeping the ratings so secret, like, I just wanted to know, did people keep watching it? Like, I feel yeah. like there's just this kind of curtain with all those Netflix shows where you just don't know if like people were interested in them and maybe like that's the kind of information Netflix would share with Disney or not. But I just, I feel like people like them. I feel like people like the characters and I think anyone else as Kingpin would be weird. I don't think they were canceled because of Netflix didn't like them. I think they were canceled because of an outside force. I think like Disney said, we, we want to cancel it. Yeah, but I still want to like the drop off yeah, between of like season one, two yeah. to three. Like, I assume season one had huge ratings, but after season two, yeah, continue. I think the way some third party analytics companies try to measure it is through social media talk. So, if you saw some stats and some graphs, like you can probably see that um, people were talking about Iron Fist season two and Luke Cage season two significantly less than Iron Fist season one and Luke Cage season one. I'm not sure if that's a good indicator, but that's. That's, like, the only data people really have to be working with, just, like, the social media. Yeah, honestly, I remember hearing a lot less about Daredevil Season 3 than I heard about even Daredevil Season 2. I think Season 2 kind of killed off some of the hype for Daredevil, or, and that led to Season 3 maybe being, you know, getting less press than it deserved. Yeah, not to mention, like, The Defenders was not, like, the phenomenon that Avengers mm-hmm. was. The Defenders was this year, wasn't it? No, last last year. It was what? last year, but like it, it, but like it didn't really, it didn't really create or like carry over any momentum. It kind of slowed things down, if you ask me. The Defenders doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like it happened. <laughs> they spent so much leading up to it, and it just kind of fizzled up into the darkness. Yeah. It's like 
Yeah, that's so weird. Like that's that was so like strange. the whole thing they were advertising for when they started these shows. They were like, "We're gonna make the Defenders," and then it happened, and no yeah. one cared because it wasn't. So I think what happened was that because Daryl yeah. was the first season, Daryl was great, and then Jessica Jones season one was equally as good, and I think Daredevil season two because it was lackluster comparatively, killed off a little bit. Like it was the Iron Man two, and then Luke Cage was pretty good. But I think Iron Fist season one killed off a lot of it. And then with the Defenders, I think people were just tired. Just kill off Iron Fist. No one cares about Daniel. Like, also, like... <laughs> it is. It's killed off anyway. The, the big the big fight scene, like, I mean, there was a couple of big early fight scenes in, in Defenders. But, like, the big fight scene at the end of the show was in a dark cave where, like, no one could see anything. <laughs> If you wanted to I mean, create that's like hype, the whole aesthetic of the Netflix I, shows. Yeah, and that sucks. I want you know, it's supposed to be fucking fantastic. <laughs> fighting over like a yeah, dragon's bones. That's what they're fucking yeah. like the elixir yeah. of the dragon's bones. What the what did they do? <laughs> oh. And then Matt and Electra were horny and they started making out as the building was collapsing. Yeah. It was a whole it was Madame a whole thing. Gow was there, I think. Did they cover how he got out of the thing? Sigourney Weaver was in it? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She was like in it for like most of it. She was in it for most of it. And then the twist was she then died. Wow. <laughs> really? Me too, Sigourney. Unceremoniously, <laughs> yes. I mean, at least it did get Luke Cage telling Danny he has white privilege. That was like the one shining, shining star of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Defenders, not so great, and probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, just to jump on your point of, I think you mentioned what would you like, what would you think if like Marvel rebooted these properties. Um, like I mentioned in my little obituary that I think if they recast Charlie Cox or Vincent D'Onofrio, then it would be really stupid to do, particularly for D'Onofrio, because he was so good and you can't really imagine anyone else. Uh... <laughs> I know one person who actually hates Vincent D'Onofrio. Me and Chris as both. A person? <laughs> no, as, no, not a, no. As Kingpin, uh, me and Chris, me and Chris both know this person. Oh, I hate that actually, movie. they have been on this podcast before. Uh, Peter actually does not like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. He actually prefers the. Daredevil. I, I, I don't think I don't think Kevin Feige is going to listen to him. So <laughs> I think we're good. Um, did he just not like his weird whisper voice? Yeah, he did not like the whisper voice. Uh, Video this is my city. It's kind of like Eddie Redmayne and Jupiter before Ascending. Before it can be like, reborn. <laughs> <laughs> and destroy it. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, I, I label the possibility of Marvel Studios rebooting those properties. I think I wrote it down somewhere. I just named it the nightmare scenario. Wait, the earliest they can do anything with it is 2020. Like, we can't see anything next year. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's nothing. Yeah. That's not- the, the thing is that I'm not sure how much, say, Kevin Feige were able to take the reins on these characters. I'm not sure if he cares about the TV fan base or not. I have no idea. Because like it's not necessarily the same fan base as the movie fan base. Not. Not a 100% overlap. We've got to think, this is the same Kevin Feige who kind of left Inhumans out to dry. <laughs> I think I think the reason why he they sent that off is because I think that was a Disney reason. Uh, Disney said we wanted another TV show property. Yeah, and, I mean, who, who are we to say, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if 
Kev- if Feige knows that he has more control over what can happen in the TV shows, that then I think he'll be more like more active in what goes on, and then he'll be like, oh, since we killed off all of the old Avengers in or in some capacity, um, then we can introduce these guys to appear at some point in a massive crossover event ten years from now. Um, whatever, I don't know. Just shit i don't know yeah spider-man can hang out with daredevil that would be cool uh <laughs> i would like that that would be weird there's all the new limited series that I mean, kevin feige greenlit for disney plus like with loki scarlet witch like bucky falcon yeah that's fucking cool as fuck i'm so excited oh my god i'm so excited for those <laughs> that sounds good but like i think the netflix shows they had that thing where they could be darker and more serious and like have a different even just like visually look different and i feel like those disney plus shows are going to just look like marvel movies yeah. but shorter and in series form yep that's totally what they're that is exactly yeah. what they're gonna look hey, like I'm i would sure. i would totally take that though <laughs> uh i kind of want to see what the Mandalorian's gonna look like as like a point of reference for what disney plus is all about. pedro pascal is the mandalorian werner herzog's um, in the I show i see werner herzog <laughs> werner Wait, herzog what? is cast in the, the mandalorian herzog. he's in that show Wait, is it Werner what? Herzog? He he acts sometimes, but he only chooses the strangest <laughs> roles. Jack Reacher, Parks and Rec. I thought Werner Herzog was a was a. Yeah, he was on Parks and Rec. He was the weird guy at the house. Yeah. What the fuck? Wait, Werner... in season seven when they buy yeah. the crazy house. Oh, when uh, April and Andy buy the house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Apparently, it's Werner Herzog saved asshole. Joaquin Phoenix's life after a car crash one day. Like, that, that's oh my somehow God. both surprising and not surprising. <laughs> See, the surprising oh, part is that uh, that would have been the second Phoenix to have died, uh, but it was not. <laughs> yes, the only yeah, the only two Phoenixes ever to have died. Um, They're in a cult, aren't they? <laughs> the this, this yeah, is a... they were in that religious cult, and that's why they were all <laughs> sure. <laughs> wow, this is a this, okay, we're, we're well, hopping around today. I love it. Religious cult, and they were raised in a religious cult. Joaquin Phoenix so turned out so weird. Religious yeah. cult. Oh is that God. why his head what looks like an angry face? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, you're right. They grew up yeah. in a cult called Wait, the what? Children of God. Yeah. What religious cult were they in? Joaquin Phoenix was a child. His parents briefly joined the Children of God religious group, which some critics have called a cult. Yeah. He said that his time living with this group was brief. (laughs) My parents had a religious experience and felt strongly about it. They wanted to share that with other people who wanted to talk about their experience with religion. These friends were like, oh, we believe in Jesus as well, he told Playboy magazine, which somehow Playboy magazine has found all these weird quotes from a lot of people throughout all of time. It's I don't know why Playboy magazine is always the one to to grab these people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my parents thought they found a community that shared their ideals. Cults rarely advertise themselves as such. It's usually someone saying we're like minded people. This is a community. But I think the moment my parents realized there was something more to it, they got out. Wow. Merry uh, Christmas, Phoenix everyone! In the Joker movie, uh, coming next summer. Merry Christmas! Yeah, Merry Christmas! Yeah, and I think that's like I think River talked about that kind of like fucked him up as a kid. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, yeah, D- Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. They <laughs> Disney Plus is going to have Hawking Feet. No, I no, they won't. No. Uh, also, Werner Herzog was in the Penguins of Madagascar movie. Anyway, Marvel. Um, <laughs> His best. <yeah>. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I have no clue what's happening with Netflix and Disney Plus. We have to just wait and see what happens. But it just really goes to show you how weird this dynamic between movies and TV is. Um, and I guess we will not know until they make crazy announcements that will either that will shock and awe us. We won't hear anything until May. Uh, May. I, I guess, yeah. Did they ever officially confirm the Scarlet Witch show? I know they officially confirmed the Loki show. I think they did. Just... I think they said uh, it's been Loki reported, but Witch. I think the Loki one's the I only one confirmed... that has been confirmed. I thought okay. they confirmed Bucky and Falcon. Uh, another, yeah, another oh, yeah, report, yeah. but we haven't yeah. heard from the horse's mouth yet. Mm. Um, Bojack Horseman's mouth. God damn it, Anthony! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! We're not talking about Bojack Horseman this episode. Instead, we were talking about uh, 2018 in Marvel Studios. Um, so, again, this is me planning out the episode in real time. But let me let me um, condense the narrative of 2018 in Marvel Studios for you. And then I want each of you to tell your story as a fan of, like, how you experienced this, how you felt the entire time. How did you participate in these cultural phenomenons? Uh, so... Obviously, we started with Black Panther, and it started like this this massive uh, cultural movement that we're kind of seeing right now. That's uh, I mean, it's registering through the awards season, so you see a lot of um, uh, all the different awards um, ceremonies and bodies giving it nominations like Best Picture and whatnot. All those uh, fantastic honors. Um, they didn't give it. They didn't give it a comedy. They gave it a drama. Of course, they not gave a comedy. It a drama so, nomination. Yeah, the, the, well, that, I mean, like that's a weird they gave category. Get out. They gave Get Out a, a comedy yeah. musical nomination, which it, it's none of those. Yeah, I mean The Martian, but um, <laughs> yeah, The Martian is the funny story of a man slowly Hilarious. dying. By yeah, the- <laughs> uh, but, slowly dying by the vacuum in space. Uh, but yeah, but then after after Black Panther came, it, it was the one-two punch of Black Panther and then Infinity War. Um, mm-hmm. so. Want to buckle my shoe, hey. Yes, exactly what I was thinking. But uh, Thanos became <laughs> such this, um, you know, I guess we measure it through memes these days, but he became such a, a cultural, um, a pop culture icon all, all of a sudden. R slash Thanos was right. Yeah, I, I quote <laughs> Thanos all the time, yeah. like the way I used to with Bane and Joker from the Nolan movies. Um, but I, I, I usually say, like, reality is often disappointing, like, just really casually. And sometimes my sister might roll her eyes, or someone else is like, "What are you talking about?" It's like when I quote uh, uh, Winter Soldier all the time. Yeah, except uh, I'm funny and you're annoying. No, I'm joking. Oh uh, yes, that is no, no. What are you talking about? That is that is correct statement. That statement is one hundred percent accurate. Right. Um. Then uh, I'm and the Wasp as. Uh, you know, Anthony, you let that hot take episode for us. You reminded that that yes, it's a palate cleanser. Um, I, I I like that we're carrying that phrase because I I really I like creating concepts. I mean I think everyone was also saying it was a palate cleanser, but okay. Yeah, but I was one of the it. first people to say it before it was cool. Um, it's the melon balls of 2018 Marvel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. After that, Sony had their own weird spotlight where they did Venom and Spider Verse, both successes but in wildly different ways. Venom oh is ha- ha- in our uh, in our Venom episode. We have talked about how bad this movie is and why it is amazing, but also why it is so bad. Um, and the, God damn it, the fact that they 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 advertised the DVD 
in the sense of a romantic comedy pisses me the fuck off because they were just like, you didn't want this. You didn't, you you thought this was going to be some dark brooding movie and everyone was going to like the dark broodingness, but everyone saw how bad this movie was and thought it was a, such a shit show, but loved it anyway. So you went with it and fuck you, Sony. Venom, venom, venom. It's really all China's fault. <laughs> I, I laid the blame solely at their feet because uh, Venom's actually made less domestically and um, internationally, like a hundred million less domestically and fifty million less internationally than um, Thor Ragnarok. But then, um, yeah, China, China, you know, they it made more than a hundred and fifty million uh, in China, and it surpassed like, Thor Ragnarok to make up the difference. It was like opening weekend. Yeah, it was fucking, you know, so now that movie is ahead of Thor yeah. Ragnarok and like, I never um, saw Venom, Chris, but I kind of enjoy hearing people talk about Venom more than I think actually seeing Venom. Well, then you'll love our two hour long podcast about Venom. <laughs> it's a very, podcast episode very on Venom funny. is the same length as the movie itself. It's longer than the movie. It is longer than the movie. <laughs> it's like director's commentary, but with people who did not make yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, there you go. Wait, it's like um, the Mr. Plinkett episode. Mr. Plinkett. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, like the, it'd be like Mystery Science Theater. You just play the podcast while you watch the movie. Sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love Mystery Science Theater. Oh, of course Tencent Pictures co-distributed Venom. Tencent is a Chinese oh, film distributor. The do everything. Yep. And they, Tencent owns like a stake in they own a stake in PUBG and Fortnite and like all these random ass things. It's cool. Tencent is everywhere. Don't they own just like everything in China? Probably. Um... Well, think about it. Also, Venom had those like multiple scenes in uh, Indonesia, right? Wasn't there that thing sure. where like we thought Malaysia? It... Yeah, it was Malaysia. But like, didn't they like say the area wrong? Right? Wasn't that something we talked about? Where like I don't remember that anything about that conversation, but yeah, let's oh, okay. say yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was Asian characters in that movie. Maybe that's something that they that. Uh, I I I I really want to do like a, a bit of research on the Chinese film going audience because they eat. They eat, like, tr- Michael Bay Transformers movies for breakfast. Like, that's where most of their bank is made. But, like, I so don't, I'm like, why, I don't, what is the appeal of these mindless, crazy scene. action movies to Chinese audiences? I mean, the Transformers movies market themselves to China. If you go to China, like, I, I was in Beijing a couple years ago. They have, like, statues of Bumblebee. <laughs> what? Just around. What? <laughs> why didn't you take pictures of that? Why didn't you like, take... Like, they pander to them so much. <laughs> And it's also, like, Chinese markets like movies that, like, uh, just make sense no matter your language. <laughs> like, the Transformers yeah. movies, this isn't, like, hating on anyone's, like, English. I know, but I know what you mean, though. It will sell the most tickets because you don't really need to understand anything about how people communicate with each other because no one in Transformers movies are real people. Right. So, like, <laughs> anyone can watch it and, like... Same with Venom's, like, oh, Venom's like nice boyfriend, which is how they marketed it. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's how. I yeah, it. I think that's how Red Letter Media character. I think I, this is their quote, not mine, but they they credit um the box office success of Transformers to quote unquote confused Chinese filmgoers who just you don't need to understand <laughs> English to understand explosions. How does one extra scene like uh, what was it Iron Man three? Iron Man three, yeah, had Fan Bingbing how- and uh. uh whatever is how does is. how does having one extra scene make the movie like 
more popular. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that took place in like your hometown? You get so excited. It's oh like, yeah, I, I would for sure. That's why they make that. extra scenes for like Chinese audiences. And Fan Bingbing before like she got arrested uh, was like a social score, incredibly popular. Yeah. She was just like the thing in China, and then she went missing because <laughs> China. Yo, China's messed up, man. Yeah, what the she fuck? Went missing for like three months this year. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other thing that we can talk about later. Black Panther, Chris, to go chronologically. Uh, yeah, well, I was also going to mention Spider-Verse was also a movie that Sony came out with, but also... Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, in, yeah, yesterday in, in real time, last week in terms of podcast release time, but... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, the so... Is weird. I want us to go one by one, and I want us to tell... I want you to tell the story of what you felt as an mcu fan throughout the entire year unless that sounds oh, too daunting yeah oh, no it's geez. story time it's christmas so it's story time we're all sitting oh, around the fireplace uh the yule log is playing on my tv screen we are all uh getting <laughs> hammered right now and uh <laughs> i am not getting hammered i'm getting drunk off water yeah so let's go in backwards order here let's go uh layla aaron anthony then izzy that sounds good Okay. Um, so start off good year with Black Panther is just it's, it's just like an objectively I feel like at this point there's not really much to say except it's subjectively good and a really good cultural milestone. Well like who, did you did you like film. watch the movie with the people? Did you like say things and feel I, things with like other did you experience it with other people? I saw it with my dad. He liked it. <laughs> <laughs> You, my you dad's were a senior, like, right? In high school, right? Yes. Wait, I just wanna... My dad's like, I see most Marvel movies either by myself or with my dad. And so he always says like one thing at the when he leaves. And so like when that one, he's just like, ooh, that was good. Mm-hmm. And that, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was like the most crowded I'd ever seen the movie theater on like a Sunday evening was when Black oh. Panther was going out. Like people weren't even, usually at the theater they ask what movie you're seeing. No one was asking that. Everyone <laughs> was there for the same movie. It was Black Panther. It was the cultural milestone. The uh, then Infinity War. Infinity War. That was that was one of the most fun times I've had watching a movie in a long time. It was just I I was working and then I had the movie was at six thirty and I got done with work at six and the place was like fifteen minutes away. And I've never drove so recklessly in my life <laughs> yes. trying to make that movie. Good. That is I, the content I love. There were parts. Yes. There were parts I like zoned out on the freeway and like sm- like hit the brakes. I saw it with a friend, and I, I kept on saying, "I'm sorry, I'm not missing a second of this movie." <laughs> we got in just as the first trailer started, and I like had the greatest sigh of relief. But then I just had so much adrenaline during that movie from the race to get there. That, like, for the first couple of minutes, I was just, like, so jittery. Because I was like, oh, I'm watching <laughs> Avengers. And, ooh, I also just went, like, 50 miles an hour in traffic. And That's, that gets your adrenaline pumping. Myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it also hadn't probably... I I kind of feel bad because I kind of ruined Infinity War for someone. And huh. Izzy and Aaron know this story. But during Infinity War, there is a scene towards the end where Tony Stark gets stabbed. I am not a fan of the character of Tony Stark. (laughs) 
So okay. when this happened, I said out loud, oh, no. finally. <laughs> and the woman next to me looked like I had just spit on her baby. She was, oh, God. she could not believe I would say such a thing about Tony Stark. <laughs> she like, I, she looked like she was going to kill me when the after credits. Well, I, <laughs> that was, but people were clapping and laughing. And I saw it again and it was like a slightly smaller audience, but there was like just as much energy. It just felt like everyone had been waiting. Even if like they didn't watch all the Marvel movies, they were still like waiting years for it. And then that was like the exact opposite of my Ant-Man experience, which I don't think I'll get all the way into, but it was like, I saw it on a Wednesday afternoon. There were five people in the theater. <laughs> no one laughed at anything. Wow. A man was doing something illegal in the row by me. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. So he was uh, filming the movie, right? For bootleg reasons? I, I, I wish. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh no. Um, he was doing something that no one should be doing during a screening of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, he had his phone <laughs> out. What a, what a fucking piece of shit he was. Right? Yeah. yeah right? Something he had else. his phone out. That's what the, that's what the bad thing was. Yeah, he Fuck was, those he was people. filming it. That's, that was it. But, so, yeah. And then I didn't see Venom, so I couldn't get in on that experience. And I've yet to see Into the Spider-Verse. But I feel like it was a really good year for Marvel fans. So how how are you feeling right now, like going to twenty nineteen, like with the with these trailers coming out, and do you feel like fuck yeah, twenty nineteen is gonna be even better, or do you feel like you tempered your expectations? Like what is what is the mood right now at the end of twenty eighteen? I try to keep my expectations low because I don't want to go in and get disappointed. Um, but I I'm excited for Captain Marvel. I'm excited for infinity uh end games ah, still yeah. weird title um it's just i'm excited to see hawkeye with his nazi haircut um <laughs> yes the fact why they made him look like a neo-nazi but it bugs me <laughs> i'm just gonna punch him in the face and uh, run away <laughs> yeah it's like, oh, he looks like, like a dad whose kids just got into emo, and he's trying to get into it to connect with Wait them. until the uh, GQ, what was GQ? It was like the, the article, the uh, magazine spread, uh, meet the dapper Avenger, <laughs> instead of the dapper <laughs> oh, white God. supremacist. <laughs> this dapper Avenger is killing Thanos' <laughs> children. That's like, oh, God. Um, but I'm I'm optimistic for 2019. Uh, Marvel's yet to make a severe blunder and it's kind of perilous to see how long it will last but i'm excited for the future don't let me down feige yeah i mean <laughs> just don't make your cars too come on just keep going keep doing your thing no. <laughs> they already made their cars too with thor with thor the dark world aaron we will not get into it right now but i, I what, have I'm said what thor i the said dark world. <laughs> I'll defend a bit of Thor the Dark World. I kind of like. I mean, I like the Loki and Thor scenes, but well, it you know, is Aaron's turn, so she can say whatever the hell she wants, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's right. As long as the it wasn't Thor Ragnarok. If it was Thor the Dark World, you know, there's some honest criticism of that movie, especially uh, one particular scene with Eric Selvig, which is complete garbage. But um, uh, all right. So my year in the MCU. Uh, so opening weekend of Black Panther. I went and saw it twice. 
Yeah. And uh, I and then I saw it again like uh, less than a week later with um, some other friends. So uh, I uh, you know I think I like the film overall. <laughs> and um, so so that was the start of my MCU year. And uh, then going into Infinity War, I was super pumped. I was trying to get as many spoilers as possible without, like, actually spoiling the movie. So I was going on, like, you know, uh, fan forums and just, like, speculating. And then um, I went and saw it uh, with the rest of the Stuco teachers. Um, we went to the same, like, theater and uh, ate, like, at the same restaurant. And, uh, like, going in, we had a Deadpool on, like, who we thought would die in the movie. And I thought... Like, spoilers ahead, but, like, uh, I I didn't think Loki would die at the start of the movie. Um, I thought, like, Gamora would probably die before Loki, so I put my money on Gamora, and I lost my money <laughs> because Loki died first. My but, money now! Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was a little disappointed about that, but I fully expect Loki's return in, um, not, not maybe not alive, but in some form, and, um upcoming endgame which is don't really like the title of but regardless uh then ant-man and the wasp i had a similar experience to leela i just saw it in the middle of the day of like a weekday and i saw it with my sister and you know we thought it was fine um i i thought the the after credit scene of that movie was very like um different than the rest of the movie it's like this movie is like straight out of the 90s like a family friendly action flick and then the end credit scene is like oh yeah we're just gonna murder all these people and i'm like okay <laughs> and um oh yeah yeah izzy izzy messaged me after she saw the movie and she was like what the fuck <laughs> and i'm like yeah i know Sweet Jesus. and uh venom yeah i went and saw venom with izzy it was terrible but it was not the worst scene i film i saw this year the worst film i saw this year was um House with a clock in its walls, huh. which has a particularly horrible scene with Jack Black, which I'm not going to get into, but uh, you can probably Eli find Roth it. made a kids movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the director of Hostel. Like... Yeah, that was that movie was just terrible. I'm so surprised they got like Kate Blanket or Blanchett for like that movie. I guess she was sort of looking around and like trying to make movies for her kids. Sure, but, like, paycheck. Isn't, why isn't she in a movie coming out now um called where's bernadette or something where it's yeah, like where'd you go, where it's basically uh uh that uh love the uh, pray uh, the pray love pray. yeah that movie Eat, pray, love. yeah where Eat, it's love, like pray, she, uh... she basically runs away from her family to experience herself and <laughs> i know for a fact that every woman over the age of 47 will go and see this movie and you know right when they're hitting their midlife crisis will be like i am you know every suburban white woman will go see this movie that's, yeah. that's a, i might go with my mom <laughs> there we go they actually filmed the carnegie Mellon. and then uh... oh really wait who wait who yeah they used gates as a microsoft office <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Aaron. What were you saying? Oh, right, right. Okay, so my final, like, Marvel year was, like, just waiting for the freaking trailer, which, of course, they delayed. Why did they hype up the title so much? I don't understand. And they were, like, the Russos were, like, oh, yeah, the title's not Endgame. And then they made it Endgame, and I'm, like, okay. Like, I think they could have done, well, you know, no criticism, because Infinity War is amazing, and so is, like, um, 
It was a double bamboozle. It's exactly the thing we told you it's not. Boom. <laughs> we probably decided this last minute, actually. Um, yeah, so good forecast for 2019, Aaron. Uh, forecast for 2019. Uh, I expect everything to be like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, we continue the trend with the... You know, Endgame, I'm hoping to hear the announcement of a fourth Thor movie pretty soon. Um, Though that may be optimistic. I mean, the new Men in Black should do you well with uh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go see that for sure. I Um, I hear from the Twitters that it has a lot, it's radiating a lot of bi energy. Yep. So um, (laughs) uh, get ready for that. Uh, I expect that. How many bi cons are in it? Um, Oh, well, I know that. We know that Tessa Thompson. I mean, Ragnarok's like, already a like a, a bicon. <laughs> like, Colorful has Tessa Thompson in it. Um, I think that's about. Oh, and Loki and Hiddleston. When you have when you have Hiddleston, Hiddleston and is not Tess- a bi. Wait, wait, like, Hiddleston is not. Uh, I have seen multiple bi women talking about how much man. they love uh, uh, Hiddleston. I don't know why. It's just okay. I think that's okay. just like no, yeah. No, no. I thought we all got over thinking Tom Hiddleston was like the peak of attractiveness. I thought we matured. Gonna have to ring all my bi friends and uh, figure out what's going on here. (laughs) Whoa, Liam Neeson's in the new. Oh my god. Unless you consider Liam Neeson, Kumail Nanjiani, and Emma Thompson bi icons, that's uh, that's it. I'd say Emma Thompson's a bi icon. Oh, also Rebecca Ferguson. I think Emma. Rebecca Ferguson, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We got some bi-cons. Oh, uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts on Spider-Verse? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. It was really uh, a good movie. I thought uh, just trying to do the, like, uh, alternate dimensions in a film was kind of, at least an original concept in film, if not a, you know, original concept in general in entertainment. Uh, and I thought they did it really well. Uh, as, as I said earlier, I sort of like, they gave like Kingpin a solid 30 seconds, but I thought they did well with the 30 seconds of uh, motivation they gave him. And um, yeah, oh, right. I also went like the Friday it opened. So I got a bunch of cool um, trading cards, Ooh. which will make me the coolest 10 year old, you know, <laughs> when I go back to elementary school. Um, so yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, Kingpin, not a lot of screen time, but he definitely took up the screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, oh my god. Like, the character design, he was a black rectangle with, like, a tiny circle on top. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, story time from Tony Payone. Oh, story time. So, uh, once upon a time, <sighs> uh, 2018 began. Um, that was 35 years ago, and we have been experiencing 2018 since. Uh, we are running out of water. Uh, we only have three weeks to live. Please help us. Um, and now I will tell the tale of how long 2018 has been. Uh, so February happened, uh, and February had a lot of bad stuff in it, but the one thing that was good that came out of February was Black Panther. And, goddamn, this movie was amazing. And everyone knew it was gonna be amazing, but not as amazing as it actually was. Goddamn, this movie was great. Um, for me, uh, I remember I went in, I think the Thursday or the Friday that it came out, and I watched it with the pack theater. Everyone, I went by myself because that's how I normally see movies, other than Infinity War. Uh, and uh, everyone was getting really excited. Everyone laughed at all the best jokes because this movie was awesome. 
Uh, and yeah, I only saw it once because I was super busy, but uh, I bought the DVD and I've been watching it. So yeah, um, yeah. So Black Panther was awesome, and I think it really rejuvenated a lot of ideas and concepts that you know people have been tossing around and said like, "Yeah, we could do this. Yeah, we could do this." And then the powerful white, you know, the people in power who are white were just like, "Yeah, now we can actually do this because Black P- Black Panther was successful." So it's like, yeah, that's cool. Um, which, you know, kind of sucks that it had to be that way, but, you know, um, what else? Um, yeah, and then March happened, and the trail, the second trailer for Infinity War happened, and I got more pipe, hyped for this movie, uh, and then, uh, Infinity War happened, and we've told the story a bajillion times about how amazing this movie is, uh, you know, we all got into the theater, all 30 of us, right? I don't remember. Izzy, do you remember the exact number? Of how many people we, who went? Well, I can look up the number of people yeah, on how many people right were... now, and I'll give it in my little uh, sort of narrative if you want to continue on. Yeah, yeah, do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Infinity War was amazing uh in a lot of different ways i i saw it like four times um because it was so bombastic um probably one of the reasons why i didn't see black panther as much in theaters as i should have was probably because i i knew how amazing it was the first time i saw it and also it had that same type of concept of the like the villain gets what they want for a considerable period of time so i don't necessarily enjoy seeing that multiple times it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something that's like a personal thing um but yeah um some bombastic things of infinity war were cool um and i loved it a lot of memes a lot of memes i posted like 30 memes (laughs) i remember like the saturday or the sunday after that movie came out i just posted like a picture of like ash onto my my facebook and the people who have seen the movie just did an angry react or a sad react and people were in the comments were just like what does this mean and i just did not respond because i did not want to say anything um and uh yeah i think the memes for infinity war were crazy i play a lot of fortnite so the (laughs) the thanos fortnite uh thing that happened throughout the month of may was wild and really ridiculous um yeah, I think uh, Infinity War transcended a lot of dumb memes, so that was <laughs> kind of cool. Um, but then uh, one of the things that uh, I always like to talk about is kind of reevaluating what, um, like, you know, criticizing Infinity War where it needs to be criticized. Um, so a lot of the stuff that, you know, we started immediately after Infinity War came out. So that's uh, that's, like, awesome. You know, we started right around when the hype was going on. Um, but we had Sam on, and um, a lot of their ideas was very similar to um, kind of like after I reevaluated my thoughts of the movie. We're just like, yep. And that's how the internet kind of, well, not the internet, but um, people that I watch on the internet kind of felt about the movie as well, where it was just like, yeah, it's cool. These are the serious critiques that need to be discussed about that movie because so many people watched it. Um, and they nor- and Marvel normally makes good movies, and they've had a run of really great movies. So, you know, the portrayal of Thanos um, and context that was missing from that portrayal and where it could go wrong and, and the like. You know, and I've been seeing people 
seriously take Thanos' argument, uh, you know, on the internet, and that's really, really bad because they obviously didn't understand anything about what the movie was t- getting at. Also, it's a, it's it's a movie. It's not that's not like something that people should seriously argue. So, but yeah, it's I I've talked about it multiple times. It's it sucks that that has to happen, but yeah, Ant Man the Wasp. Um, I remember it came out. Uh, I was able to go see it. I think on the Thursday or the Friday, right after work, I walked to it. I walked to the movie theater because it was right down the street from um, my office. Um, that I work at, so that's kind of cool. That's what I do with Spider Verse. Um, and I uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very comic book movie, ugh, comic booky movie. Whereas it felt very condensed to the story at hand. Um, and then you had your epilogue that was like the overarching story that connected it to the other movies as best it can. Whereas the la- a lot of the phase three movies was in the middle of the movie. It connected, it had the connections all over the place. Um, so I felt this was a very nicely concealed movie, um, which was nice. Um, I enjoyed it. I have it also on DVD because I'm weird. Um, then Venom happened. <laughs> um, that was a f- that was a what the fuck? We have two hours of, about that. You don't have to say anything about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't have to say anything else other than me just laughing throughout the entirety of that movie. God damn it, the lobster scene. Oh my god, the lobster <laughs> the scene. lobster scene. Uh, and then Spider-Verse happened, uh, which was an amazing movie. Uh, Sony Animation, you get all the credit for that. I've already talked about Spider-Verse in length uh, last week's episode, or the one that we recorded yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that movie was amazing. Um, and I know this isn't Marvel-related, but Aquaman was also awesome. <laughs> you would also really not dumb- shut up about that in the Spider-Verse episode. <laughs> yes, uh, we will talk about that in an off-topic episode. Yes. Uh, and I'm very excited to talk about it hmm. because, damn, wow. Um, and the future, I'm excited for next year. Um, obviously, very excited for Captain Marvel. Um, I because we got uh, the Captain Marvel second trailer and the first trailer for Endgame in the same week. Um, I thought I was gonna get double the hype, but I only got hyped for Captain Marvel because of that. Oh my god, every that that movie just is. I'm so excited for it. Um, but Endgame, I'm already excited for it, but the trailer didn't hype me up as much as it did, um, um, with the original, with, uh, the Infinity War trailer, probably because of, there's a lot of scenes in that movie that you can't really add into a trailer without making it look super spoilery, um, and also Far From Home trailer is going to be coming out in the next month in some capacity, so that stuff. I don't know. Um, I just am not like the trailer didn't hype me up. It's good, but it just didn't hype me up. But that's fine. I'm excited for, I'm excited for um, Captain Marvel and Endgame, um, and then I'm excited for Far From Home, and then it will be another, I don't know, unknown amount of months until the next Marvel movie. Anthony, wait, wait, let me let me interrupt you really quickly. Are are we going to? Are the two of us going to relive 2018 with you? Like. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. You're going to be driving me around in your Jeep and blaring the Avengers theme song with your windows down and getting hyped for the movie and saying that Cap 2 line over and over again with, like, Captain Marvel as, like, the 
the woke movie of the year, then the, the Avengers movie, and then a palate cleanser with a, an insect-based superhero. Yes, yes, it will be the exact same thing. And then we'll get 2018 a, part another, two. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? 2018 part two. 2018 part two. Um. Actually, can we not say 2018 part two? Because 2018 <laughs> was a fucking nightmare. And I do not want to relive any. The, the, the 12 months that have happened in the past 12 months have been horrific. The past 12 months that have happened in the past that. 12 months. The past 12 months felt like um, 80 months. And so I do not want to do that ever again. Um, ever in the history of my life. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think 2019, we um, actually begin the revolution and get shit going because it needs to happen before we all die due to climate change. Um, yeah. Uh, Izzy, take it away. Um, to pick up off, just to pick up off what Anthony was saying, um, Anthony was telling a story about how he saw... Um, yeah, how we all saw Infinity War again in the theaters and all that. It was great. Um, and I guess actually to start, I don't know. Yeah, let me start about Black Panther. Um, so yeah, I saw Black Panther. I think I saw, I saw it twice. Like I saw it on Thursday night with Thomas and, um, a bunch of other people who had taken the class for. I loved it. And then I saw it again the next day with Aaron and a couple other students. And then I actually wrote about it for the Tartan a fair, like a fair amount. Like I wrote, um something about how Black Panther started this huge cultural movement of, like, this, you know, more diverse Hollywood, which, thank God, it did. And I remember writing this, like, satire piece because our visual editor thought Michael Jordan was very, very attractive, which he is. Um, and then I just remember, like, just really almost, like, in awe of, like, what Black Panther had done and how good of a movie it is because we really didn't expect that because... I mean, I think we all knew Black Panther was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be as good as it actually was, if that makes any sense. And then, um, and then for Infinity War, like, Anthony was telling a story about how, like, we all saw Infinity War with every, with, like, everyone there, and it was great. Um, meanwhile, I was busy, um, planning most of it. Like, obviously, like, the other five, at the time, five teachers, um, were helping out. But I was the one sort of spearheading it the most. And so I was sort of like also very excited for this movie, but also stressed because it's like, ah, I have to manage, like, I now, I counted everyone. I have to manage 33 people in this theater and it's going to be crazy. But I loved Infinity War. It was amazing. Um, the event, not just like the event, but just the experience, like watching it with everyone, but just you know, like, the movie itself and just an achievement it was, then, like, it was just really just, like, astounding to see. And it felt like, I know, like, I think, from what I remember, Chris, like, you were also getting, like, like, you were, like, you were also in awe of, like, yeah, like, Chris found the Stuco, like, I think now three years ago, and look at what we built, like, this trip is proof enough. And now I'm going to have that same, I know I'm going to have that same feeling in 2019 when the Endgame field trip is happening and it's my last semester teaching that I'm next semester. So like, that'll be like really like sentimental, but just Infinity War as an experience was almost as bad, as good as almost better than the movie itself, which is really astounding to see. Um, Amen the Wasp, I watched it with a friend in Boston Aaron said, Aaron mentioned my text and how I was like in denial, like, Aaron, what's happening? Like, 
ah, why did they do this? Um, and yeah, that was it. Was like it was. I it was a fun movie. Like I enjoy it. I definitely feel like if you didn't like Ant Man, you wouldn't like this movie. Which is the opinion I think I've gathered from like most of my friends. It's like I like I loved Ant Man. I love this movie. Um, and it was like yeah, it was a palate cleanser, as Anthony says. And so, um, I think like it was a good. It, it felt like a fit. It felt like a fitting movie to like end twenty eighteen on in terms of like M like MCU Marvel, and like obviously we have Venom and Spider Verse after that. Um, Venom was an adventure. Um, I had two and a half. I have like four and a half hours between classes, so I just like went with Aaron and we saw it, and I was like, "What? What did we just watch? Like, what? What? What was this?" Um, and so that was fun. And then I watched Spider-Verse with a couple friends um, after I failed my final. And so that was nice. <laughs> the But uh. Spider-Verse was... Yeah, Spider-Verse was very good. Like, very... It's just very magical. I think it was... It was definitely, I think, very much like Sony Animation's, like, work, not Sony Pictures, as, like, Anthony was saying. It's like, they're just two different divisions. But people had been telling me like that was just groundbreaking like visually and just as a whole and I definitely felt it and like how good it was and it definitely was like a special movie um and yeah and then I guess as a narrative the Marvel fan like I was it was a very whirlwind year I think for Marvel for a lot of reasons like not just the movies and like a lot of like sort of outer news that we haven't even mentioned in this this little outline of what we're recording right now but it's been a very it's been a whirlwind year um for marvel Love sentence but i think for the most part it ended up being really great um for marvel in general and i cannot wait for the future i think i'm very excited for captain marvel i'm very nervous but also very excited about captain marvel just because it has like big shoes to fill i think with what it's set out to do and I already know I'm going to be emotional during Endgame. Like, we're going to have another field trip again. We'll definitely talk about it on this podcast. Um, and I am planning that right now. So we'll see how that is. Hey, hey, if Loki comes back during Endgame. Uh, do I get my money back? Because... <laughs> technically didn't die i guess that's a thomas Aaron, i will pay you personally if he comes come back, back. Do, does anyone get money do i get money back when spider-man comes back that i will not pay you for <laughs> do you get money back for characters that have confirmed sequels what's the opposite like... of a dead pool are we gonna do an alive pool <laughs> a live pool Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, like Liverpool, but without ah. the art. <laughs> it has to be the first person who's shown to come back. Send this to Thomas Rasmussen right now. <laughs> uh, was that it, Izzy? Yeah, that was it. Okay. Um, anything else about 2018 anyone wants to say before I... Uh, give our 2019 AP Marvel this, these are our future plans spiel. Anything at all speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, 2018 was god awful and I want to forget about everything that happened in it other than the fact that these movies were cool. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, and 2018 was god 
terrible. Fucking the worst ever. Well, we had some laughs on the way, and it's the... It's the friends we made along the way. The real 2018 was the friends we made along the way. No, the real 2018 was the Nazis we tried to stab along the way. The Nazis we punched. The real 2018 was inside us all along? No, no. No, because no. that would imply that we're all monsters, but we are. Uh, you know, like, like the CW Flash you know. said, uh, that lightning hit all of us. Uh, we were all right? struck by that lightning. We were all struck by that lightning one day. <laughs> God damn it. As I remember, at the, the end CW of every Flash, Flash episode, that's what he says. <laughs> God damn that. Um, one, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um... I really do think that December 21st, 2012, you know, was the culmination of of everything awful. And actually, we did enter the dark timeline after that day. And 2018 is a signifier of that. Um, that is my concluding thought of 2018. That John Cusack movie tried to warn us. Correct. Yeah, 2012 is the best movie of all time. <laughs> That statement. That statement needs to needs to stay in 2018. I do not need to hear that statement in 2019. Anyway, <laughs> 2019. Uh, we're gonna have some exciting plans for AP Marvel. Um, uh, you know, Anthony mentioned like we we are we kind of birthed the show like while the Infinity War wave of hype was happening. Uh, and we were very lucky to get our start on uh, Marvel News Desk, uh, which was founded by uh, Caleb Borchers, uh, Rian and Kincaid, a.k.a. Broken Laws, and uh, Adam Barnhart. Uh, I had worked with the three of those at MCU Exchange, and they graciously, um, graciously brought me on into their new Marvel News Desk um, venture. And I was like, hey, if you want to have like a second podcast, can we do like this political social thing and they're like yeah we're all for it um so they have been very kind to me and they've been uh really they've been doing a great job um being our home for all of 2018 um i informed them a couple months ago that we kind of had an epiphany and basically what we're ready to announce right now on this episode is that ap marvel is going to uh expand and spin off basically so air horns I'm done now. Anyway, um so um we will not be hosted on the YouTube channel and the uh and their podcast server and their uh website now. We're gonna have a medium publication. We're gonna have like those same posts um with the show notes and all. Um, we, the podcast is now hosted on Anchor, um, pretty good service, um, free, I might mention, and, uh, the fun, for the fun thing you can do with Anchor is that on the mobile app of Anchor, you can actually send us voice messages that we can play and respond to, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk later internally about what we want to do in terms of, like, comments and fan engagement and whatnot, um, but the big thing is that we want to um, expand our written content. So we had things like Izzy's uh, James Gunn article. We had my Iron Fist Season 2 review. We had my uh, Eric Olsen um, endorsed article um, that we kind of ported onto our medium publication. And we want to do more of that. We want to have more MCU deeper discourse, if that makes sense. Um and we want to be able to invite other contributors 
So, uh, we are announcing also on this episode that we are doing a Patreon air horns. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You requested it, you get it. Yes, no, I mean, I was like, I, I might as well since you, you would have done it anyway, but, um... <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of different uh, perks and benefits from uh, being a Patreon, uh, being a patron of our Patreon. Uh, by contributing to our Patreon, you will be helping us pay uh, any guest contributors who send us pitches for any articles, personal essays, video essays, uh, comic books, like whatever artistic medium they want to use to uh, express their MCU um thoughts and feelings fervor yeah so we we want to be a uh we want to build a community of mcu fans that is intersectional we want um you know we want nerds of color we want lgbtq plus nerds we want um science nerds we want you know people of specific academic backgrounds who might not really have their say um on mcu stuff like like basically a better neil degrasse tyson (laughs) If you want to be that person, uh, dear God, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, and I I also heard like some like rumors that he's also like a shitty person, like like one on one. So yeah, no, there are some like, generalized, but most men in high science fields are pretty shit. Yeah, that too. Yes. Basically, also, we're trying yes. to find better Neil deGrasse Tysons who are Marvel fans to talk about their thoughts. So we we want, um, I, I mean, our original mission was that we want to kind of break out of the speculation and news cycle that Marvel websites and podcasts usually do. And we want to talk about those things that you might you might talk about with your friends or you see on Twitter or um I was gonna say Tumblr, but uh ha <laughs> uh, Tumblr's a whole thing now. Um we wanna get those people, we want to put them on a platform and we wanna talk about the things that mainstream publications don't necessarily talk about so by being a patron you're basically helping give those voice because we want to pay those voices because they deserve it um we want to be able to get a little paid ourselves perhaps um i legally cannot get paid by this until i fill out a paperwork from my uh work but that is i i do not need the money for this we will work that out later anyway um yeah no as you can probably guess uh, but but this is going out after christmas so hopefully by the time this is on the air we will have worked everything out i think our tiers are pretty well worked out we want to have a one dollar tier where you can get videos early access because i think thomas wants to do some videos i think we all have some video ideas I was talking to Thomas, and yeah. we have some ideas for oh, some yeah. videos and stuff, and I'm going to be getting some video yeah. editing software. Um, left to we're talking to Tony way. about, um, hey, uh, he, listen to me rant for 30 minutes about a movie. I think he recorded a Once Upon the Deadpool thing. So, yes, Tony, what is I'm that going to be called? Uh, Tony's Film Corner. Yeah, Tony's Film Corner. Um, I'm gonna so be, that could I'm be gonna, a... It's not just going to be superhero movie related, so any sort of movie that comes out. Yeah. Um, normally, I get to see movies... Like, I'll, I have this access to the service that I get to see movies, like, a week or two weeks early. So I'll try to use that as best I can um, in the coming year and try to get access to a movie and then just give a little mini spiel on it. Because um, I don't have to sign anything saying I can't review it. Huh. So if I see it a week early, uh, I'll just get to rant about it. So you get access to that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, and also I guess we have those, a Discord. Uh... 
yeah, those uh no, but yeah, we'll we'll get to the Discord, but yeah, um, uh yeah, and then also on that RSS feed should be a five dollar bonus. It'll be the off-topic podcast. So we had a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh podcast that has kind of been floating around between RSS feeds, but that will now be housed on the Patreon exclusive feed. So expect uh you know like a a similar format to this podcast, but for other non-MCU movies, non-Marvel movies, I should say, uh, TV shows, books, I don't know, if you ate at a, if we ate at a good restaurant and we want to rant about food for an hour, then, like, we can certainly do that episode, too. It's... There's a bunch of episodes in yeah. the pipe that we have ideas for, yeah. I have ideas for a lot of We have ones. a lot of dumb shit scribbled on, uh, Google Docs, probably somewhere. Uh, but yeah, if, Yeah, I'm um, trying to find it right now, show- and I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the Patreon should be, um, up by the, I mean... It is already up, but um, it should. We should be publicly pushing that out uh, by the time this recording uh, goes. I won't um, go point by point with all of the tiers, all the goals, because we might have changed it by in between recording and releasing this episode. But I would um, ask you to please consider contributing, and if you can't even contribute, then um, pass it on to other people who might be interested in this. I think it's a really um, you know, I I mean, it's I I think it's a no. I want to say it's a noble cause because it's my it's like a project that I am like helming. But um, I really do want to see these voices and opinions that I don't really see um really out there, and I want to reward them. Um, other than that, uh, we and like Anthony mentioned, we're gonna have a Discord uh, a Discord server. Uh, we still gotta like figure out what the rules so it's just not just the wild west there but that should be a fun thing we'll do yeah i, um, I have some ideas for the rules that i can look at other discord yeah. servers that i'm in that i can just basically copy and paste to an extent yeah um so. and uh yeah and we're kind of figuring out the hierarchy so like i will be the quote-unquote editor-in-chief uh izzy and sabrina will be my sort of co-editors as we take uh pitches for written articles uh thomas and anthony are kind of like the content producers we're calling them um with thomas kind of taking the lead on videos uh yeah sorry chris continue uh the trailer for hellboy just came out oh yeah no oh no, no it's that, been out that's... for it's been out all day dude we oh, mentioned we literally I'm mentioned so sorry, that guys. in this episode i mentioned it <laughs> i had no idea i am so sorry everyone i just saw the notification on my phone eric go, sorry go back uh I'm yeah so uh, anthony stupid um <laughs> yeah so you know, um, I think we'll have this all figured out by the time this episode releases. Uh, it'll be more detailed in the show notes. But we're trying to figure out um, how to make payments make sense because we definitely want to compensate. Uh, uh, I forgot to mention them in the past two or three episodes. Steve Molitor did the music for this show. Charles Villanueva did the logo for this show. We were trying to retain both of their services for music and graphic design. Um, so they will be a part of this adventure as well. Uh, so yeah, a lot of logistics. Uh, 2018 has been wild, and we want 2019 to be awesome for AP Marvel. And we hope that you join us too, um, because we have a lot of stuff uh, planned out. Um, I'm going to read out some guests that I, I'm excited about. I think we're going to have Matt Storm, a.k.a. Stormageddon, who I met at FlameCon. Uh, I've been talking to... Um, uh, Jen Uncle, who's been, uh, who's a great games writer, um, and, uh, a few other people. Um, Anthony, is he any guests that we should be looking forward to in 2019? Uh, not that I can, uh, 
I mean, I I'm, I have to talk to Sam specifically because I want to do an off to- a couple of off topic episodes, um, with them. Sure. Um, specifically one about Lovecraft, so we'll get excited. I love that I Lovecraft. Yeah, you know how much I yeah, love. Yeah, we've that, all had so like episode ideas circling around. Like we have a music episode with some guests lined up, um, and just a bunch of other fun things that I think I want to keep secret for now. Ooh, and a Kevin Feige this up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep on the DL. Um, and yeah, of course, um, you know, I, I think Aaron has a, a few podcast ideas that we want to bang out during this winter break, um, if, I, if I have that correctly. And uh, Layla's here! I'm really glad you're here, Yay! Layla! Um, so, I don't... Yeah, so we're gonna... We're figuring stuff out, but we're really excited, and um, there's a more eloquent way to say this, but uh, give us your money. Yeah, <laughs> give us your uh, money, 2019. Uh, this all no. started with a class that happened three years ago. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and now we're, we're six teachers in Gen Z culture, and we're just gonna ask for money straight up. Absolutely. Oh yeah. God, Gen Zs. Oh, the Gen Zs are touching me. Oh God. Oh, I thought it was just the millennials. Disinfect, disinfect. Uh, disinfect Gen Zs. Uh, just before Fortnite they floss dance on you. Uh, so much Fortnite and Instagram. Uh, this is bullying. <laughs> yeah, Anthony, damn it. Uh anyway, uh that is my 2019 spiel. Um get hype. Yeah, am I allowed to wrap up now or uh do we have anything else? Do we have any warm holiday messages to give? Happy holidays. I hope your 2019 is better than your 2018. <laughs> Facts. Um yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, I don't know. The world sucks. Uh, let's make it better. Yeah, let's do it. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you all had a happy Hanukkah mm-hmm. and looking forward to a happy Christmas and Kwanzaa and Boxing Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Fuck yeah on Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> Boxing Day doesn't get no respect. Because it's not really a thing in the U.S. I still don't even know what Boxing Day is, so I'm... Still an ignorance. It's like the Black it's Friday in the of London, fight every but it's after Christmas. Oh. Right. I always just think of like some Rocky Balboa tribute thing of like, you know, let's just punch each other. But um, <laughs> that was me as yeah, a kid. It's basically, um, it's basically like Fight Club, except everyone. <laughs> like, it's like the purge. You have to like stay inside or else someone will just deck you right. when you're walking it's like It's like Fight yeah. Club, but everyone is talking about it because it's a holiday. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, happy happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy, happy Boxing Day to all those happy, boxers out there. Happy Baby New Year, um, you know, um, goddamn, this year will finally end, and it's I I, yes, I hope Anthony, it's not like that. It's not going to be like that. Timmy Turner, uh, Fairly Odd Parents episode where uh, Timmy wished it was Christmas every day. And then it was uh, Christmas for, like, three months. Um, so, good thing we won't have that. And we literally have, like, two more weeks of this fucking year left. Thank God. Bless up. Uh, 2019, here we come. Let's make it. Sequels always better than... Wait, no, it's not. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Shrek 2. Shrek, Shrek 2. 2. Shrek 2 is great. Shrek 2 is, Shrek 2 is better than the original. Yeah. Um. Thank you. 
again to Steve Mauder for the music, Charles Villanueva for the uh, graphical design. They're amazing. Um, amazing. Thank you, Caleb, Rhiannon, and Adam for hosting us uh, all this year. Uh, We could not have done this without you. Facts. And it's really interesting seeing, like, the whole... I I compare it to, like, Russian dolls, where, like, Marvel News Desk spun off of MCU Exchange, and now AP Marvel spinning off of Marvel News Desk. So we're just... If you guys ever want to start your own side project and abandon me, uh, you are free to do so. (laughs) Um, Tony's Film Corner gonna be a, a Patreon. No, it's not. Yeah, nope, it's not. nope, nope. It's not. It's definitely not. Um, you want to smash that subscribe button? Uh, <laughs> smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Hit that bell. You know. Um. So you can find me on uh, social media. I'm at Compenderizer on Twitter. Uh, if I've never mentioned my Instagram, but if you want to follow me on Instagram for some reason, I'm at the Real Chris Compendio. Gen Z loves the Instagram. Um, uh, Anthony, where can people find you on social media? At the Pizza Taco. The, at, the, the word the. The, at the. How to make, at the Pizza Taco. That's, I'm trying to make it as clear. Izzy, where can people find you on social media? I'm at Delirlin on social media. And, oh, on Twitter. I'm sorry. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Aaron, people can't find you on social media, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just have a Facebook. I actually, yeah. I recently recovered my Instagram account, but, you know, huh. so it's basically well, so we'll, we'll, uh, I don't yeah. think you need to. TBD on if you want to share that ever. <laughs> uh, Layla, I do not know if you are on social media. Do you have any handles you want to share? Um, I have on the socials. You can follow me on Twitter at GalaxyLayla if you want to see me retweet uh, socialist jokes. Uh, yes. And that's about Good. it. That's already my timeline, so I'm going to follow you. <laughs> I'll follow you, too. And the once in a while, I'll say something about Marvel mm. or film music. And that's about it. Layla, I think you're going to fit in with us just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to... To, for context, we add her to like our big teacher chat, like maybe yesterday. Yeah, consider consider this episode of hazing, I guess. <laughs> Are you Layla Clean King? Yeah, it, I saw a I saw a laundromat called Clean King. It's <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever heard, and it's been in my bio since 2015. That is a great origin story. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, you have a picture of a dog that's very cute, and you still have your Tumblr there. Oh, rip that site. Ooh, don't. Uh. That Tumblr is old. I have not used it since freshman year. Okay. I will put it on the show notes. Everyone will look at it. And... <laughs> I'm taking it off of my Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. It's an aesthetic Marvel account, so have fun. Right. Oh, oof, oof. I know a lot of those tumblers. Yeah. Um. So I, I would always plug uh, Marvel News Desk's Patreon here. I will still plug it, but I will also plug AP Marvel's own Patreon. Uh, we will have that in the show notes from now on. Uh, also, you can follow AP Marvel on twitter now we are Follow us on twitter AP marvel yes and then tag us in things and then i can respond on my private account and then yell at you if you have like a dumb opinion about things or if you have a cool opinion about things i can agree with you and think that that's cool and i will promote your content i'm just learning about this now that's an interesting thing you do anthony um i yell at people or <laughs> or or uh you know have nice pleasant discourse with them uh because oh, sure. i am i am obnoxious 
um, in an endearing way, as I have said multiple times. And that's why life. we love Anthony. Yeah. So yeah, we are on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. We I made a Tumblr page, but I don't think you want to follow that anymore. Um, Rip that site. Eh. Yeah, that should cover it all. I don't think I forgot anything this time. Uh, so yeah, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and Boxing Day as well. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Goodbye, everyone. All right. Ta-